bars are closed Aren't any shows Where can we go? People at home Gotta stay close There's no other answer Apocalyptic peanut butter Can't afford nothing better But we're gonna weather the storm Yeah, we're gonna weather the storm Greeting, pandemic pals and all the ships at sea, and welcome to Apocalyptic Peanut Butter, the only doomsday podcast that sticks to the roof of your mouth. I am your proactive, radioactive, hyperactive host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you as always from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my co-host from the West Coast, a man who has seen me at my best, seen me at my worst, and now gets to celebrate with me as the world burns a little less this week, Mr. Andy Gimme. Yeah, the bonfire is more of like, you know, the marshmallow fire. So that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, this episode doesn't feel quite so apocalyptic as usual, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, it is weird how it does have that, you know, like a like a hue over it, like how things people, it feels a little more positive. Yeah, and we're going to get to all that because there's so much we got to get to before we get Emily in here. Let yeah. me get um, probably the most important cog in this wheel, in this machinery, pushing all the important sanitized buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. Singer, actor, and creator of 3D Does Things, our fabulous producer, D. Yes, that's me. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a little more marvelous today, let me just tell you. Um, I'm not all the way out of the woods yet, but I am feeling a little more marvelous, a little bit more. Can I give you guys, to kick this show off with something humorous, a quick um, alt-side-down tweet? Yes. (laughs) So here's a chart with the population of Georgia, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 2019, and this guy goes, Georgia has a population of 3.7 million people, but how has it got 5 million votes? Something's going on in this country. Reply, you pulled up the country of Georgia. Georgia is not a country, it's a state! <laughs> oh my god. You know, it no. does, I, actually when I do read the news, I, I sometimes, I, I will, I have to admit, I will, I have to reread it and go, oh wait, they're talking about the country, not the state. Well, it's that, funny. Yeah, go ahead, Andy. Oh, I was going to say, because that has been in politics a little bit recently, the country of Georgia, so yeah, that's <laughs> pretty wild. It's funny because yesterday people were putting stuff up like Harris is going to have Biden killed and then she's going to appoint Nancy Pelosi as her VP. And if you try to tell these people if a VP takes over in the middle of a president's term for whatever reason, they do not get to pick another VP. It's in the Constitution. They have to serve out the remainder of that term with no VP. But if you tell them that, they're just going to scream fake news and say, get mm-hmm. whooped, hard. I got the real info about how the Constitution works. The secret, the super secret Constitution. I mean, don't you just have to see when Johnson became president? I mean, they, that, that'll be fake, fake history. Just like most people Thanks. don't know this. It's not two terms. You, the, the max for a president to serve is not two terms. Does anybody know what the max is for a president to serve? Me, me, me. It's yeah, 12 years. Nope, 10 years. 12 years is three terms. Oh, yeah, you're right. But it's two and a half terms. 
Right. A president shall not exceed. It doesn't say two and a half terms. It says a president shall not exceed 10 years. So if a president comes in one year and 363 days, he can serve all that and run twice more. He yeah. just can't do over 10 years. But the average person doesn't know that because we don't know shit about. And that's in the Constitution. That's like the 22nd, 23rd Amendment. Yeah, 22nd. Uh, 22nd Amendment. Yeah. So I posted this yesterday, and I think this follows suit. I said, for the love of Zeus, can some kind-hearted philanthropist please start a free online remedial civics class that rewards its students with tacos, beer, and Tiger King throw pillows? Can we get some motherfucking civics up in the house? Oh, and it would be it. fine. Now it's kind of obscure. Like who would, unless you really study history like I have and you follow this stuff, the average person probably is not going to know that if somebody becomes VP through the president not being able to complete their term, they don't get to hire another VP. They don't get to appoint another VP. That's because they canceled Schoolhouse Rock. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's I think that's a big as much as we joke, that's a big part of it because it made kids not think it's important anymore. Right. Yeah, and I think the understanding is the people did not pick that VP. The VP is an elected office, just like the presidency is. So what are you going to do? Run a separate race for a VP to replace them? No, you just serve out the remainder of the term without a VP. And it's fine if people don't know that. What makes me fucking insane is when you try to tell someone that and they say fake news because it doesn't fit their narrative. Fake news. Yep. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. They're gonna. They're just gonna do it to tell everybody they can do it. Democrats do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. And and personally, I don't want Pelosi as president either. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. And then they're saying that Harris is gonna appoint Pelosi, and then she's gonna step down to make Pelosi president. And I put it up a rebuttal to that. And I was like, dude, I'm running for Caraville dog catcher, and then I only have to kill six million four hundred thousand and twenty nine people to become president. Yeah. That, that's, that's simple, like, right? That's the people that have those signs out there that say stuff like, um, Obama's a terrorist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the election. Biden won. Yeah. All hell is breaking loose um, over on the Rufus page. For anybody who's listening for the first time, I've got another Facebook profile. And I only use it for band stuff. Some of my old friends from back when we all played in bands together asked me to release all my videos and pictures because I was kind of the archivist of our group. And I said, well, I'm not going to put on my page because a lot of those cats we grew up with, I've, you know, they've either blocked me or I have them blocked. I said, but I'll set up a separate page and I won't put any politics on it. However, it's got 5,000-ish people on there and it's pretty even half Trump people have non-Trump people, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no left-right anymore. There's only Trump people and non-Trump people. Yeah. And when you scroll through, dude, and because I don't comment on anything, I've got complete anonymity. I just scroll through and I just look and the, the meltdowns. Half the people are like, oh, Operation Storm's coming. This is in the end. Trump wanted to lose the Electoral College. He wants it to look like he's losing because he's about to release. Him and Q are going to op- do Operation Storm. Yeah, and they're they playing think, 4D chess. <laughs> yeah, and they're playing Inception chess. And the thing yeah. is, is they say that they don't have to, the Electoral College doesn't have to certify the votes until December 13th, although we've never announced the winners of an election on a certification day. And they said yeah. that that's the day all the electors across the country are going to say, fuck you, Biden, and just decide to vote Trump in. And then that's when Q goes, rips off his Scooby-Doo mask and go, it's me, it's Q. We're going to round all the liberals up. Yeah. And it just goes anywhere from 
it's going to be some kind of Trump coup all the way to I've actually seen people said 100 million people will be executed when in the coming storm. We will kill all non-Trump supporters. I think, you know, I think I think a lot of those people are just grifters. I think that the, a lot of these I mean, there is like, you know, um, people that are, you know, living in a trailer or, you know, going somewhere off that are, you know, kind of maybe have this opinion from what they've watched. on. Hey, news. now don't talk, you know, trailer <laughs> parks are like 89% of our demographic. So don't talk shit on trailers. <laughs> hey, I loved living in, I loved living in a trailer park. That was my favorite memories as a kid. Anyways, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I think that uh, some of these people are, are just grifters. I think they're just trying to make money off of people who are, I went, I'm not going to say dumb, I don't think that's fair. I think people, some people are just gullible. I think some people are, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it's sad because, you know, you know, it just makes people, it affects that part of the brain that makes you defensive. So you have people that you can't really, you know, um, now you can't kind of get into their heart and talk to them about, you know, things because now they're just kind of like stonewalled you. And it's, it's sad. Cause I mean, that's all that stuff is crap. We, even when I get in arguments with people about the whole stupid Jade Helm thing, um, the FEMA camps with all the stupid uh, guillotines, you know, none of that stuff happened. None of it. And it's just I, the doom and gloom is already even coming out even worse as it was last time, which I think, uh, I, which is kind of scary because then it'll make people desperate. You know, you're making people who weren't desperate. This is why I'm so happy we've changed parties because I'm really hoping this party comes in. Brings a big stimulus package as far as that goes. Helps people get back into the flow of things, you know, that kind of stuff. Because that's what's kept America going so far. Is I think a lot of people don't want to give. I think politicians don't want to give the stimulus credit that, that how much it actually worked. Because that was, you know, that was a lot of money that people were given, and it was able to have people to be able to put money back into the economy. And I noticed that since we haven't had another stimulus package, like our, our economy starting like, you know, drop. And I don't count. I don't know about you, Nick, but I don't count the stock market really as like a, a you know, a thermometer on like the temperature of society. Um, just because, you know, I think it just it went up like several hundred points the other day. So it's not really, you know, a barometer as far as like how politics goes. But yeah, I but you were talking about all that stuff. I'm I'm shocked that people will believe that stuff. That's just. That's crazy. Well, the other half is saying it's time for civil war. So That's half like, the I, people don't believe that it's real, that they still think Trump's going to. And, and I made this prediction two years ago. I said, listen, yeah. Trump's going to lose. And here's it's going to play out either three ways in my head. Either one, he's going to lose and he's going to go to jail or because of all those cases pending in New York. Or mm. he's going to lose and recede to Trump Tower and he's going to tell everybody he's still the president. And you're literally in 2022, 2023, people are going to walk around going, don't believe the fake news. Trump is actually the president and they won't even acknowledge Biden as president. Or he's going to leave the fucking country and like go to Russia or somewhere and talk mad shit about America and all these Trump supporters are going to be like, oh, I didn't really like Trump. And this is another crazy thing. Trump supporters are now boycotting Fox News because they said <laughs> Fox News called the election for Biden. This goes back to the civic class thing. They think that the news organizations are picking the winners. They're like, Fox News turned on Trump and gave Arizona to, to Biden. They're traitors. Yeah, they think that somehow the media is the one who actually are picking the election results. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you what happened in Arizona. And this is why words matter. 
he said whatever about John McCain during the election in 2016. You know, I don't I don't like losers who get captured. I like lo- people right. who don't get captured. And people kind of shrugged it off as um, campaigning, you know, hoopla or whatever. Yeah. But after he, he got into it, he just kept banging on fucking McCain, kept banging on, kept insulting him. Then McCain was the deciding vote on keeping ACA on the repeal vote. Thumbs down that historic moment. So his mouth already cost people who wanted to get rid of the ACA for the ACA to stay. That was the only chance they were going to have to repeal the ACA, Obamacare. And Trump's mouth, and whether it's right or wrong, John McCain was like, fuck you, Trump, when he did that. Because he stood there purposely and wanted to be the last vote. He was telling yeah. other people like, oh, go around like when you're driving a car, little old lady, go around, go around. He was standing there saying, I want to vote last. And he looked right at the camera and said, thumbs down. That was actually a middle finger, not a thumbs down to Trump. Yeah. So the people, the Trump supporters that for whatever reason want to get rid of the ACA, Trump fucked them on that with his mouth. So then he keeps talking shit, right? And a lot of Republicans were mad at McCain anyways. Well, fuck him. But then McCain died and he kept talking shit about the ghost of John McCain yeah, and just kept fucking going. So not also did Arizona lose a senator in 2017, lost a senator yesterday. Both seats turned fucking blue. They lost Arizona. And when exit polling, they surveyed people and said, you know, what was what's going on here? This has been a, a very reliable red state for like 50 years. And mo- uh, most of the Republicans who switched to Biden said they did it because Trump was running his mouth so much about McCain. If you're yeah, a Trump that... supporter, why doesn't that piss you off? Hey, Trump, shut the fuck up. You're costing us ACA. You're costing us Arizona. If you're a Trump supporter, why is that not pissing you off? Well, I would assume because his whole platform was basically um, he tells it like it is type thing. And But in reality, you should probably have more decor. Like, I, it's just like... I mean, you're. Where was you're, the 3D chest in losing Arizona and losing the ACA repeal? Where's the 3D chest in that? I well, I think that's just that's just probably delusionality of that he thought that he was untouchable. I think that's especially since that state's been red for what since the 90s. Yeah, but he still thinks it, and that's fine for Trump. Why aren't his supporters pissed at him? Why aren't they like, dude, can you please shut the fuck up so that we don't keep losing? You mean the same people that don't understand that a vice president can't. Once he becomes president, he can't elect another vice president. But this is tangible, right? You could see this. When you see them doing exit polls and they're like, I just couldn't back a guy who was mocking a dead war hero. They could see that. I mean, sure, they could say fake news. Those are all crisis actors. We're in the Matrix. But anybody who's not completely delusional can see that Trump's mouth like, is costing real life political capital. Why doesn't that component of Trump piss off his base? I, I don't know. I, I, just, I still think his his base isn't looking for stuff with content. I think his base is like his base likes the, the way that the message is being delivered, not really the message itself. They like the, the, so-called, the so-called honesty, because I, I, I was shocked. I never in a million years thought you could get elected president. And talk. You know, it, actually, you know, it, it, it's what's fucked up is the reason why he probably didn't. He gave a thumbs down. Instead of a middle finger is because the guy probably couldn't give a middle finger because his arms were smashed when he was a freaking, you know, when he was a prisoner of war. And And he was dying of cancer at the time. I mean, that's just uh, good for the people of Arizona, personally. I know this is off topic, but good for them, man, because that, you know, even though I don't agree with a lot of McCain stuff and I'm not somebody that, you know, 
Um, even though I served, I'm not somebody that puts, you know, a lot of soldiers on this pedestal, but McCain was at least one of those people. I think that he was willing to come across the aisle and he did. And he even came across the aisle and I, I forget what the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not as familiar with the savings and loan scandal, um, that he got caught up in. I think it was in the nineties. Um, so I vaguely he, remember something. It had something to do with loans. And even in that one was like, not really, it was just bad. It was a bad procedure the way he did it. And it was like, you know, it wasn't, I mean, there was, it wasn't, it was kind of crooked, but in, in the same point, it was like, that's just the way, you know, politics kind of was in DC, you know, like how, um, that one speaker of the house used to, he was famous for walking along the going on the Senate floors and handing out checks from the tobacco companies. It was just kind of like, you know, the way that, you know, like we we can go to prison for insider trading. Senators can't type thing. But, yeah, as far as his base goes, I think that a lot of them, I think that a lot of the intelligent ones flipped, in my opinion. Because even people that I've talked to who were pretty devout uh, Trump supporters, uh, there was some there was some things where there was a line that he did cross. I, I think that there was some things I think that. The most fanatical, I think the ones that you're seeing that are out in front of like polling stations, you know, that are, I think those are the ones that are more tend to believe the whole vice president type thing. Yeah, but what you're saying is if you hate, let's say someone, you hate somebody with the intensity hell, like someone stole your girlfriend, like fucked your whole life up, stole your girlfriend, embezzled your money, ran off with your wife and your money from your business. Ruined you. Right, ruined you. And you said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call this guy and put a good scare into him. I got his number. And you call him and the guy's on a beach somewhere. And um, he, and <laughs> with my money. <laughs> yeah, with your money. And dude's like, all right, man, I got to run out of the house. I got to go get this. But go tell me how it went. And when you come back, the house is burnt down. And he's like, what the fuck happened? He's like, dude, I had that guy scared. He was pissing his pants. Oh, yeah, I left something on the oven and your whole house burnt down. You tell me that guy's going to go, ha ha, lived hard. Ha ha, my house may be burnt out, but he's he gave you a mean message. Like, that's kind of like what you're saying. Like, the whole house right. gets burnt down, but they're still like, ha ha, lived hard, I own you. Like, going I mean, back to Arizona. Like, ha ha, we lost Arizona, and we lost two senators, and we lost the presidency, and we lost the ACA repeal. Ha ha, lived hard. He said scary words to you. I think they're just trying to save some face, personally. It's what it sounds like, that they're just trying to – they're trying to, you know, justify their actions for the last so many years because I think some people, once they're handed power, they don't really know how to act. I think it's just, and I think Trump was one of those people because. Well, we're not talking about Trump. I'm talking about his supporters. Let me give you another example. Okay. There's a girl I know who's never, I've never seen her post anything even remotely political ever in the history of anything. She doesn't follow politics. She has nothing to do with politics. She lives a different kind of life. Just a sweet, you know, mom. And she has a daughter who was getting hate. I think it was from her uncle. And it was just like nasty things because the daughter's a teenage, 14, 15 years old on social media, posting her opinion. And the uncle went after this girl. He lived hard. You should be killed. And the mom's like, what what the fuck's up? And she was like, hey, dude, I don't follow politics, but I know I'm not down with that. This week, she just posted a picture of herself voting for the first time in her life. Want to take a guess who she voted for? (laughs) Um, was it, uh, Hawkins? Yeah. 
A Trump <laughs> supporter created that person. That person would have been content, you know, my age, late 40s. Right. That person would have been content never going into a fucking voting booth the rest of their life. Yeah. That person turned her into a Biden voter by by attacking their own niece for having a different opinion than them. Why can't these Trump assholes see they're creating the thing they say they want to get rid of? I want to get rid of liberals. So I'm just going to attack anybody I could I could maybe bring over to my side instead of taking someone who's completely neutral and ta- instead of taking Switzerland and trying to make a part of my country, I'm just going to drop a bunch of bombs on them because they're not already part of my country. And, and that'll show them. Why, why do these Trump people constantly have these purity tests? And even if you're politically ambivalent, they still call you libtard. And you're like, what's a libtard? What's a leftist? Why, why do they still go after these people instead of trying to grow the party? Trump hasn't grown his actual base at all, except with Cuban-Americans. I mean, again, it's going back to the old quote my grandfather used to say is that one of the biggest mistakes you ever make in life is assuming that all people are intelligent. I just think that that's just kind of like the way life is, man. I think that there are people who are good at politics, you know, um, people that are horrible about it. Just like, you know, the uh, like you were uh, the article you sent earlier was about the whole Santorum thing like that. Yeah, just, we'll get to that. I okay, mean, I was, I'm just using that as an, I didn't mean to talk about it. That's just an example of how insane things have gotten. I mean, as far as, you know. Well, why don't they listen to their hero, St. Reagan? St. Reagan said politics is a game of addition. You can't win without adding to your coalition. And Trump never adds to his coalition. He just double, triple, quadruples down on his base. Yeah, I, I, you would have to ask a Trump supporter that. Like I, last I, episode, we talked about this. Instead of Trump going, hey, hey, voters, you've got 17 days to get out there and vote for Trump. Show me how loyal you are to Trump by being a 17 dayer, by getting out there 17 days before the election to show me, by mailing in your ballot and taking pictures. Instead, he said, mailing in ballots are corrupt. Voting early is corrupt. Vote in person on day of. And then the yeah. same assholes are like, why does Biden have so many early votes? Because yeah. Trump told his fucking base not to vote early. They're going to list. They're going to listen to him. I mean, it's political malpractice. What yeah. he does, I can't wrap my. I mean, his ego. The only thing I think is ego is so out of control. He he just he goes, look, dude, I could go into a church and take a shit on a Bible and go shit on Bible day. Don't you love me? And all his supporters will go, boy, I love shits on Bibles. And he's not completely wrong, but there is a line, especially when it comes to logistical stuff like, Hey, just vote on election day. Don't vote, you know, anytime before. I mean, that's not nothing nefarious where people are going to go, well, that's crossing a line. They just go, well, you know, Trump told me to vote on election day. So I'm going to vote on election day, but it's, it doesn't benefit him. To tell his people not to mail in vote, not to absentee vote, not to vote before the election, that doesn't benefit him. I don't understand the political calculus of what this dude's doing. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just part of his complicated 4D chess. So we just don't understand it. Maybe well, that's why. Like they said, they, he wanted to lose. Yeah. So he could uh, unleash the storm, whatever the so fuck. He, he, could ri- he could rise from the grave like Jesus did. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this last question. It's my resounding if – if I ever get a flag made, I'll put this question on and I'll wave it everywhere. So forced vaccinations are coming, according to the Trump people. Somehow free crack pipes are coming. Biden's supposed to be handing out free crack pipes. I don't know what that's nice. all about. Um, there's going to be no more bail bonds. Of course, all the guns are gone. Christianity's out the window. Biden will either be killed by the deep state or removed by Harris. 
um, within days of him getting sworn in. Some say the day of. Right. When none of this stuff happens, just going back to Jade Helm and all the stuff he said earlier, when none of it happens and you post every day, Harris is going to be president. Harris is going to be president. Here comes the forced vaccinations. And, and, you know, here comes the forced vaccinations for the COVID-19. That's a hoax that's going to go away the day after the election. So try to follow that fucking thread. Yeah. (laughs) When none of it happens and they just look like a fucking idiot after idiot after idiot day in and day out. I'm going to say these magic words I've said so many times to you before. What the fuck is the payoff? What is the payoff? What are these people getting out of looking like the biggest lunatic asshole dum-dums in the world by saying this shit over and over again and not once? Nobody's ever been put in a fucking death camp. Nobody's ever had a chip put in their head. Nobody's gotten their guns taken away. What the fuck is the payoff? I I think – you know what? Do you got something to say? No, I was going to say I just think it has more to do with what that – side of the media is directing those supporters to like they're feeding them all this bs to keep them afraid and to keep them following so they're just parroting all the bullcrap they've been hearing for you know however for the last four or five years like really i think it's just as simple as that they're parroting what the right-wing extremist media outlets have been telling them and they it's just been spreading more nonsense do you feel like maybe the, the far right is fucking with people? Like, they're like, all right, all right, check this out. We're going to get Trump supporters to think. <laughs> We're going to get Trump supporters <laughs> to think Biden's going to give out crack pipes. Oh, dude, nobody's that fucking stupid. No, wait, wait. They're that stupid. Dude. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. They're gonna yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. When did it ever have to make any sense? Biden, this just did. Biden to give out free crack pipes to every man, woman, and child in America. Like, how – it is mind-boggling to me that there's no bottom to this ignorance well. Surely there has to be some – but then again, I'm always surprised that it never ends, dude, that no matter how fucking stupid the conspiracies get, these people still jump online. They uh, and, and they, How many years can you say the Democrats are going to take all our guns? How many years? Well, I mean, are you, you going to be 97 and be like – this is the time for real. I know I've been saying this for 68 years, but this is the time that they're going to take our guns. I think because they're that, like as D was talking about that narrative, I think it just it just works. You know, every time that they say a Democrat's going to come take their guns, even though it doesn't happen, maybe they might, you know, there might be a piece of that machinery that's made illegal or whatever, which in reality is by the time it goes into the main courts, it eventually gets overturned. Like a good example is here in California, um, uh, high capacity magazines were out, were basically outlawed. They'd finally made to the highest court where the highest court was like, guess what? You can't do that. You can't take away high-capacity magazines. Trump has that's, taken away more gun rights than Obama ever did in eight years. Well, you know, that's – yeah, I 100% agree with that because, you know, um, Obama got an F on the Bra- – the, the Brady the Brady did – every year he did like a report on um, gun control. And every year um, Obama got an F, which is actually great for people who um, are, uh, you know, against gun control. Um, he was one of the few people. That Not so you. great for the NRA though, because they can't. But they fear. Yeah, right. Right. They, no, they, 
they've, they've, they've figured it out. That's how these little, like you were talking before, these little crazy stories that they could be picked on, you know, months down afterwards. But at the beginning, they're just so unrational and so insane. It makes people go, oh, my God, I've got to go buy a gun. And it's like, you know, um, just the other day, I live in a small town. We have a gun store here in the little town. The la- just the other day, we drove by there, and there was a line out the door. A line. I've never seen that. And this is a pretty, this is a pretty conservative town. There are a lot of hunters here, you know that kind of stuff. And I was, I've never seen that. But this time, there, the, there's a line out the door because people are being fed this narrative of that, you know, that they're going to come take their guns, they're going to do all this other stuff, blah blah blah. And that's never going to, that's, that's just never going to happen. It's just, it's not. I mean, but if I said I was going to kill you for 50 years, at some point, would you be like, this dude's just talking shit? Or would think, you be afraid for 50 years? Would you be like moving all over the country to escape me for 50 years? I mean, if I, if I thought that you were dead serious, if I thought you were serious, I could see myself probably doing that, moving around just because out of just fear, fear makes people do crazy stuff. Obviously it makes people do crazy stuff. It's like, you know, like uh, D was talking about that narrative. Immediately once the vote thing, I kept seeing the same people saying the same stuff with no proof about um, 148,000 ballots just popped out of nowhere at 2 a.m. in the morning. And so they stopped counting and all those votes happened to go for Biden and none for Trump. You know, it was like they're and, and then now tons of people were parroting that same thing. And I went and researched it, and it was all bullshit. It was like it had been debunked almost immediately. Well, so, it's like Tucker Carlson, right? He's like, I've got Hunter Biden's secret laptop, and I'm about to drop a bombshell that's going to send everybody to prison. And Trump supporters are fucking jumping up and down and yeah. singing in the streets. And then he comes on the next day, and he's like, the laptop has disappeared. I don't know what happened to the laptop. Oh, this is the deep state must have got it. And Trump supporters are like, they 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 foiled us again and like twisted their mustaches. Duh. And then he comes on the next day and he's like, I found the laptop. But, you know, I think going after someone's kids politically is wrong. So I'm not going to release the information. Wouldn't you feel like the biggest moron sucker if, <laughs> if you were buying in the uh, Tucker Carlson's tripe? And after three, four days of stringing along, he's like, I've got the super secret information that could give you everything you wanted. All mm-hmm. your enemies in jail and Trump president forever. But I don't think it's a good idea. I'm going to be a nice guy and not release it. I don't. Again, why would they stick with somebody? Like I, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that whole ordeal, it felt like um, Capone's vault. Remember that? <laughs> with Geraldo? Yeah, it was like, you know, you're sitting there watching this thing and it's like, you know. They kept saying, all right, we're going to get past this wall, you know, and it was like it ended up just being nothing but dirt. And it was like, that's exactly how that whole ordeal fell. Because I was like, oh, but how many Capone vaults will they tune into? I mean, could Geraldo do that every week for a year? No, no, I don't think so. So how could Tucker Carlson keep doing this shit? I think because people, in my opinion, people watch that news because that news feeds their narrative. That feeds their suspicions. It, 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 it caters to those people. But they didn't get anything. Once again, what's the payoff if Tucker Carlson just dangles the laptop in front of you and goes, you know what? I changed my mind. Hunter seems to be an all right guy. I'm not going to destroy him. What's the payoff? You want Hunter to pay. You want Biden to pay. You want Obama to pay. If Tucker just is a, being a tease about it, like, la, 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 got the laptop. Nope, you can't have it. Where is the payoff in that? Yeah, I I don't know. I think we talked about this before, but I, 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 he 
he got sued and a few a, a while back, and the judge actually said he threw out the case because he goes nobody that has any sense of intelligence. I had to look the quote up, but he said basically nobody with any sense of intelligence would believe anything that came out of Tucker Carlson's mouth. So he's already pretty much been written down as somebody who's just, you know, basically just talks shit just because he can. So I think if you, the people that listen to him, I think that there's really a lot going on with the, you know, rationale thinking as far as what he has to say. And I think he knows that. I think he knows that the people that watch his show are going to take what he says at face value. And that's probably exactly why I did that. I I personally think that he probably they had something that they thought was going to be great, and I think they got suckered. I think they got contact mm, somebody that, point. that um, was like, "Yeah, I got all this stuff for you," and um, they thought that, you know they thought they had like the gold mine on them, and it became it was Capone's vault. It was like nothing. It was just dirt. Okay, so right wingers are easily duped. I got you. <laughs> That's I mean, the takeaway. I, I let me ask so. you guys this, because we got to move on, and I want Dee to read some election and lawsuit numbers. But let me kind of ask this question. Um, should we be celebrating right now, or has the chaos just begun? We're looking at God knows how long, at least a month, if not longer, of court cases. Mm-hmm. We're looking at civil fucking upheaval in the streets. I think there's going to be a couple of terrorist-type attacks by you know, right-wing militias. Somebody may even take a shot at, a Biden, at Biden, thinking, if I kill Biden, then Trump becomes president. It's like a football game. If the other team walks off the field, all I have to do is kill Biden, and then Trump's president. I'll just kill, uh, I'll just kill every Democrat forever, and then a Democrat can well, never be president again. Well, they already caught that one guy. The militia, there was a militia of people that were um, planning on killing um, – it was either Biden or something or, or, or you talk about the Michigan governor? No, no, no. This was another one. Another another one. Um, let me look it up. Who can keep track? It. I mean, it's such a fad now to kidnap and execute Democratic leaders. I can't keep track of all the Michigash <laughs> of militias, all the militia Michigash. I can't keep track of it. So I guess the question is, let me throw this over to D while you're looking that up, Andy. D, is this cause for celebration? Because I keep telling people, why are you celebrating? Um, Trump could like strong arm his electors into not registering the votes on December. I think it's 13th. He um, he could win something in court. He could flat out refuse to leave, and militias could go to the White House and stand out front while right. our own troops. I mean, this is far, in my opinion, from over. So, yeah, so there's a couple things with that. First, um, I think there, I really think that there are people in government who have been planning for this moment. Um, by that, I mean I have heard, you know, stories of they've already talked to some of the electors, and you know, they've already said, well, what will you do if X, Y, Z? Um, and basically, the general consensus is none of the electors are going to fuck anything up because they don't want to be. Like it was said on Bill Maher the other night, they don't want to be the one person who fucks up democracy for the rest of us. Um, because if they were to, you know, if they were to go do that, it would have to be a united front, right? It would have to be every single electorate deciding to go AWOL or it doesn't work because then they've got the pressure from not only the other electorates, but the entire rest of the government on them saying, um, excuse me, what, what you think you're going to do what now? I don't think so. Um, so you've got different things. I think that people have already been planning for, um, people have been talking to, you know, members of, 
you know, the, the House and Senate and Congress and, you know, whatever, um, just trying to kind of bolster what's already in place. Um, the only thing I think that really gets us here is that Trump is the president of precedence, right? He, for some reason, is the only president we've ever had who has decided that if there's not a precedent set for something um, and there's no rule against it, that means I can do it. Right. Like um, Bill Maher was saying the other day with that mule thing, you know, they had a mule on this football team in this movie because it wasn't written expressly in the rules. So those are, I think, the things that he's going to be trying to go for. But I really don't think that anybody's going to let him at this point. Um, I think the only reason that he's still there, honestly, I think is is like we've been discussing at home the other the last few days. I think he's going to try and pitch a fit. Because that makes him look like he's trying. And then when he realizes that there's absolutely no path for him to stay in the White House, and there isn't, then he's just going to quit and leave. He's going to try to, you know, rip up the bedroom, tear the posters off the walls, and leave in a huff like any pissed off, you know, kid. Toddler? Yeah. Yeah. Andy, um, yeah, I got the article. Thanks. I didn't know that. I mean, there's so many, so much of this now. Let yeah. me ask you something, Andy. Well, one, to get back to the point, should we be celebrating yet or is the worst to come? And two, is there if there's like 6,000 different parallel universes that Donald Trump is president right now, does he give a concession speech in any of them? Like, is there a fucking universe <laughs> where Trump will give a humble, graceful concession speech? Uh, probably not. Or if, if you turn around where he's, he'll pretend to be given a concession speech and then launch World War III. Um, I, I personally think that we should be celebrating. And this is here. I, I think that Trump's smart enough to know that he needs to go out of office <clears throat> as a victim. If he goes out of office as a victim, I'm sure there's certain things he'll pursue and certain things he won't because he knows he can't. I mean, as far as the election thing goes, those guys are just trying to save face. But I think there's certain things that he can plug into that once he leaves office, it'll continue to make him, you know, millions and billions of dollars. But what does it mean not to concede? In other words, do you know, you remember Roy Moore in Alabama, Doug Jones beat him. It's like the first time a Democrat beat a Republican senator in like 100 years in Alabama. And he was the one with all the sexual misconduct with kids, mm -hmm. charges and accusations and stuff. You remember that? Yeah. That motherfucker still hasn't conceded three years later. So what does that mean? If you if you don't concede, then what happens? If Trump goes, I will never concede this. What happens? Well, I mean, the business goes as usual. As far as my understanding of the stuff that I've read is that he would just be he'd be out of office. Uh, he just wouldn't have made a concession speech. I guess that it's just he just wouldn't get his uh, his grand exit. And then obviously, but is sitting in his basement playing senator with his wife. Does he think no. like I don't understand how you don't concede? Basically, you're saying, I don't believe in reality. How do you not concede at some point? Well, have you never, I mean, you can't tell me in all your years of life, you've never met somebody so stubborn <laughs> that they won't change their ways. Let me put it this way. <laughs> not conceding the election when you lost is like me getting fired and showing up to work every day. And going, yeah. I don't believe you in You did that, fired. remember? You did that and you didn't know it. You remember oh, you were yeah, at yeah. Food Line. You didn't know you were fired. But I didn't no. know it, right. No, I'm kidding. I, I think it's going to come down. I really think he's either going to have to quit and, you know, do his temper tantrum thing to try to save face, which seems most likely for him because that seems to follow his natural order of things, and it's the easiest for him. Um, and I think he's going to run away to some other country. I hope so. Please, please, Putin, just take your baby back. We don't need him. Um <laughs> 
and but uh, if not, I think he's going to have to be forcibly removed. And he see, I think he'll leave early. I think once he realizes yeah. he's actually out of options, yeah. he'll leave. I think yeah, there's it's. It's either that or he's going to try to say, military people are going to help me. They love me. And then he's going to say, okay, come help me. And everybody's going to be like, no. And that's it. Like, he's just going to, they're just going to be like, bye. I think he's going to just, I think, in my opinion, he was just going to throw a temper tantrum, like a, like a petulant child. Like he's just going to, he's going to, he's going to take like the good stuff. He's going to probably take all the good China. Yep, for sure. And he's, and he's going to, you know, that kind of, I mean, he's. There's actually, I think it's, I forget, um, I read an article this years ago. There's actually like a group that uh, protects paintings in the White House. Um, oh, wow. That, that, so the there when um, the transfer of power, some of those paintings, they go into safes. Um, that makes sense. Because um, our presidents are so shady, they have to yes. fucking hide the silverware when they leave office. <laughs> yeah. Not just Trump. The fact that they have a task force to make sure nobody's going to steal the fucking B. Arthur collector plates is hilarious mm-hmm. and sad on so many levels. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, now even I'm thinking about running for president to get those B. Arthur plates. That's pretty. Uh, that's that would be a pretty awesome. Just nice uh, get a job at the um, Franklin Mint and go in like Ocean's Twelve style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this: in the in the craziest of worlds, which everything's on the table now in the outside down, mm. if Trump, let's say that Trump went to Russia and he's like, "America sucks. America sucks. It's filled with losers, and my supporters are the worst. They're the biggest stupid losers ever for not coming out in bigger numbers to support me. You got the country you want now, you dumb, stupid losers. Does this move Trump supporters anymore? Or are they still like?" Oh, yeah, we they, like, do they go fake news? That's a fake Trump. They murdered Trump, and that's a guy in a Trump mask pretending he hates us. Does that move anybody? Mm. No. Does that move any Trump supporters if he talks mad shit about America? I, well, I guess it depends on what the algorithms tell them to do, because honestly, I mean, we've seen it, um, and we've seen proof of it in different episodes of different shows that we've had even um, when we talked to, you know, when uh, the brainwashing of my dad. Um, you know, these are things that happen. So it depends on what the media outlets choose to do. If those right wing media outlets choose to go with Biden, they're going to come back over, I think. Maybe not entirely, but they're going to get real quiet real quick. And I think you're going to notice the majority of them just go back under their rocks, the hateful people. You know, I think a lot of them are just going to. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah, to do this, um, March, April of 2021, I wake up one morning, I look at you, and I go, where's Joe Biden? I haven't seen a tweet from him this week. He, he hasn't attacked, like, Sandra Bullock or Ted Nugent or whatever. Like, you know how great it'll be not to hear a fucking president's mouth 24 hours a day? Not to have to think about the president all day, every day, because he has just fucking jizzed all over the zeitgeist of this fucking country where you can't escape him? You know how fucking delicious that will be to yeah. not have to hear this shit every fucking day, regardless of the policy. I, like, at this point, it's, it's beyond policy. It's about fucking mental health. Just not to hear, did you see what crazy thing Trump did today? Trump said he's going to fucking nuke the Vatican. Uh. Like, want to be great not to just hear this fucking avalanche of insanity every day? I'm look. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I just think also, too, that um, I think that the media should also be called out. I'm not saying as far as fake news, that kind of stuff, but the media should be called out because – 
there's a lot of things that they've really they've really inflamed you know that they've made things a lot worse um i think that there's a lot of some of these riots that even though things happen that for what they for good for good righteous cause i do think that the media also inflamed it by a lot and i i, I well of course dude i mean that's how they make their bread and butter is yeah, by well, sensationalizing stuff that's what the media does ever since they got rid of the fairness doctrine i think yeah, Warren bush the, yeah, the media it. takes sides yeah, I hate the like here. Um, now it's like you know, um, news is like depressing, 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 depressing. And then that like you know, for the last two minutes of the segment, they're like, yeah, let's talk about a local hero. You know, what I mean, just so you know, you don't go to bed going, maybe I should eat a bullet. You know, it's like it's just just. I honestly don't think they care if you. I mean, obviously Fox News isn't doing any puff pieces. They don't care right. if they're fucking at five percent of their viewers eat a bullet. Yeah, what I'm talking about as far as local news goes, because our our local news here, we they 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 didn't you know they catered to some politicians. Um, they're letting you know as far as journalism goes, it seems it's kind of dead. You know, it's like you know uh, we have the Fresno Bee here, which is like you know everybody calls it's a liberal rag, even though they basically um, footed for Devin Nunes for most of his his entire political career except recently. And the only reason that they stopped doing it recently was because they could tell he was, you know, the pre, the he was the uh, president's lackey. So, I mean, they, as far as journalistic integrity, it seems like it's kind of a dead thing because even since we've done this show, you know, you and I will talk about something and I'll go and do research and I'll be like, this seems like something that should be like a common, you know, knowledge like people should know, you know, that they should know about a, a situation and they don't. Because it doesn't fit that narrative of like just I'm, I I swear to you Nick when I went when I went and voted I really was like the when I got out of the car I was like you know like curly you know pumped up you know I like smack himself in his face he'd be like and I'm just get him you know that's the way I felt you, know? you have a like, void rage walking into the voting yeah. booth like I'm ready like I'm ready just to like beat some Trump people's asses from blocking me from voting and nothing happened. There wasn't even like people there watching the polls like I thought there would be because I actually live in a conservative area and it was it was nothing like that. And I even like, can, I, can we stop you right there? I yeah. never understood the poll watching thing because they can't go inside, right? They had to stay X amount away from the polls with their guns. How do you look at somebody and know that they voted twice unless you saw them twice? Like come back in a Groucho fucking mustache. How do you how do you know who they're voting for? Like they said, we don't want them to intimidate people not to vote for Biden. I mean, how do you look at just the average guy? And I'm not talking. You can't wear any um, any political statements on your clothing at the polls. So how do they yeah. tell the average person who they're even fucking voting for to well, intimidate? At least here in California, you can't. Uh, I know that there's some states that you can you can wear political stuff. So I'm not sure. I don't know about your. You where you live? I, I think the norm in most places is you can't bring your gun into the voting booth and you can't wear political attire into the voting yeah, booth. Yeah, I think ours is um I think it's a hundred yards. I think is what it is, like a hundred yards from. So the how do they catch them? What are the poll wa- these armed poll washers supposed to be doing actually? I yeah I see I don't know what that is. I I, I always figured it was you know to make sure that people weren't harvesting ballots like people weren't coming in and like here's like 20 ballots you know for my friends you know because i guess technically you're not supposed to do that uh, i think that kind of stuff other than that because harvesting ballots is supposed to be illegal and that's because the reason why they do that is because they know that a lot of there's you know most the majority of the democrats are the ones that vote by mail 
So they know that if they harvest those ballots, they know that they know that. So if I work in an old folks home, I can't get all the like round up all their provisional ballots and bring them in because they're impaired and can't come themselves. I don't know how that works, to be honest with you. Uh, All right. Let's get some numbers in here because we got to get Emily in here. We're already running a little late. And Dee has pulled some lawsuit numbers and some election numbers for us to end on a positive note. So the lawsuits are actually not as bad as it looks. Now, he does have multiple lawsuits in the same states, but he actually only has active lawsuits right now in Pennsylvania, Nevada, Georgia, and Michigan. He's tried other lawsuits in those same states and been denied. Um, He also isn't doing anything for Arizona yet because they weren't finished counting. And so like Wisconsin, he's already said he wants to ask for a recount there. But they don't require a lawsuit in Wisconsin in order to do that. Um, so really, from what how the many people do you think Trump has sued in his life? You think it's in the thousands? <sighs> probably. <laughs> probably, really, probably. Um, but the really good thing about this election is that um, we had a gr- not great, but we we had a better voter turnout than we've had in. Um, 120 years, which is pretty cool. So this year we've had at least, you know, they're not, they're still not done counting yet, but they're estimating at least 161 million. Um, Now 239 million Americans are actually eligible to vote. So that brings us at about 66.8% of eligible voters voted this time. That doesn't sound like much. Well, we usually hover around 60 or less. Um, our other really, really high voter turnout years were 1900 when McKinley won re-election. That was 73.7% of eligible voters voted. That then. election was fucking rigged. You know, how many, tel- you know how many Morse code <laughs> votes came in? How many telegraph uh, votes came in? Where did they come from? I huh? know, right? Um, the actual- <laughs> I don't trust a steam engine. It sounds nefarious to me. It does. It definitely does. So our highest voter turnout in history was actually 1876 when we had 82.6% of eligible voters vote in the race between Rutherford Hayes and Tilden. Um, and it was – I mean that that's 80, almost 83% of people that And which are one was the voting. radical leftist, libtard, Antifa, super soldier, snowflake, Marxist, communist, socialist, beta boy, cuck? Well, neither one was. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes so but but the 161 million is the largest number of voters that has ever voted in a presidential election in this country so that's still like way more and they're thinking a lot of it really does have to do with covid right because you had more voting um by mail this year than you've ever had before they because of all the expansions in mail-in voting and you know, even some of the registered day of, there was a huge, huge spike in those numbers, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so far, Biden has more than 74 million votes, which is a huge, huge number. Trump wah, wah, only has uh, about 70 million. By the way, is this like some kind of surreal performance art? Now Trump's saying the Electoral College is corrupt. He started, it's glad to see him come full circle. He uh-huh. started during the primary, the Republican primary in 2015, saying the election was going to be rigged because the Electoral College was rigged and you should only go by the popular vote. But then he lost the popular vote, won the Electoral College, and he said, 
Oh, the popular vote is rigged. It's the electoral college that we should be going by. And now Trump has turned back to saying the electoral college is rigged. And of course, the popular vote is still rigged. Everything is rigged. The whole, like, like I said the other day, how do these people keep falling for this? It's only rigged against Trump. When a Republican loses an election, he never comes out and says it's right. rigged. In fact, he does the opposite and says that guy was a loser or that woman was a loser. If they only supported me more, they would have won. What yeah. a loser. The fake news is only directed at Trump. When they call Mitch the turtle guy and call him, nobody, Trump never comes out and says, stop being mean to Mitch McConnell, your fake news. But he expects all the Republicans to have his back anytime yeah. somebody says, like, all this stuff is only directed, all the corruption is only directed towards him. Why don't? They, why can't these fucking people see the con? Why can't they see the scam in this? Because they're trying to see it through Trump's eyes, right? So here, here's something to kind of stick in your craw. So we've had over 235,000 deaths in the United States because of COVID so far. Um, I'm sure that number is probably higher than even this number, which was pulled yesterday. But 82% of registered voters who supported Biden said the outbreak the outbreak, sorry, is very important in their vote, but only 24% of Trump voters said the same. Right there, the healthcare and coronavirus outbreak are two, the two biggest, um, biggest things that I think people are thinking about right now. And most of the people who think those things are important lean blue. They just do. So for them to vote Biden was not really a difficult thing, especially when you think of, oh, well, Biden's the one who wants to give us more health care and more access and Trump's the one who doesn't. So, well, I see a lot of people putting up unity memes. It's time for us to get united. And um, we'll talk about this more in a minute after Emily. I want to bring up this Rick Santorum thing. But end of the day, Andy, let's get you to have the last word on this. End of the day, does this change anything? Like, will, will Biden be able to unite this country at all? Or the Trump supporters just be like, well, you picked on Trump for four years, so now we have to pick on Biden. It's just a perpetual uh, fucking sinkhole that we're going to go down for the rest of our existence. I, I think he's I think with the would they bring if, if they bring the new stimulus in, I think that will kind of like um, drop the, the I think that'll kind of maybe drop the rhetoric a little bit. Um, but as far as I, it just seems like the scar is too deep. We're always going to, Biden just, won. Why is he pandering to his base still? He came out yesterday and said, Oh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of all of Trump's executive orders and I'm going to change the tax plan. I'm going to get rid of his tax plan. Why is he, I don't understand what's the benefit of him doing that besides making Trump supporters go, here we go. They're just going to walk all over us again. Grab your guns. Why doesn't he go, hey, man, the first thing I want to do is work on policies both sides can agree on, except for getting a stimulus out. That's imperative and it's time sensitive. But with everything else, why is he coming out the gate going, I'm going to fucking undo everything Trump did. Go fuck yourself. Well, because I, I, I think that, that that even though that does appeal to majority to his base, I think that also appeals to other people. I, I can give, I'll give, here's an example. Halloween. Um, where I live, um, we usually see hundreds and hundreds of kids um, as far as giving out candy. Um, the entire night, we had like six kids. That's it. Just six. I mean, not six, 60, 16, six. So there was, you know, people... I think that there, you know, I think common sense and I think some people, I think an understanding of that, you know, this will t- this affects the longevity of your life. 
I think so. I think once people, I think some people have come around understanding that the coronavirus is a real thing and that it's a, a scary thing. So I think that people also see that, you know, the tax breaks, they didn't benefit, they don't benefit the working class. As a matter of fact, it's like an escalation of, you know, how much taxes will pay by the time I'm, you know, by the time I'm Social Security age, like I'm going to be paying an incredibly amount of taxes that the rich people aren't even going to be paying anywhere near. Oh, they're gonna get a tax break. That was the that, whole point. That, that's me. Yeah. But the problem is, is those tax breaks. All those those taxes have were funding something. So the minute that that funding comes out, so now when you know even the school teacher now can't even afford paying to buy pencils for the classroom, something something will have to be done about it. And I think that there's a lot of people that have realized that that a lot of the stuff that he did sign in as executive orders was crap. They were like, they didn't. They Agreed. Were, but why lead with that? It was just like when the Republicans won the Senate, um, I think that's Lord politics, Obama, they were like, the first thing we're going to do is go after abortion. And I was like, dude, we're still trying to get the economy back together. I understand that you're the, you know, anti-abortion pro-life party, but why are you leading with something so divisive? Why don't you probably, lead with something to fucking bring people together and then do that shit up the road. Well, I think because that was probably um, a selling point in the in the as far because that would have. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say who I voted for, but I I I felt like the two people that were running was definitely a South Park episode of Turd Sandwich Giant Douche. Um, I think the but I think so. I think the only thing he really had to do was he had to sell himself on. Uh, validation with left wing. Of, hey, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get rid again. Of play into the base. It's a game of fucking addition. Try to bring yeah, yeah. in some of the independents and moderates. Don't come out the gate saying, "Hey, I'm gonna do what um, Trump did. I'm gonna undo all of Trump's executive orders, like he undid all Obama's." We'll never get anywhere if we just keep trying to stick it to each other. Yeah, but he would also have been crucified if he even was like. I mean, I I, I would have figured he'd be crucified if he was like. You know, and, you know, maybe we should hear about why these people don't like abortion. You know, people. No, no, you don't have to go that far, but say, hey, look, I'm focused on getting a stimulus plan out, getting the country opened back up, and then all this other stuff. We'll get to it, but let's focus on uniting the country, getting a sense of common normacy, and then we can worry about undoing everything. I mean, he doesn't even have to say that. I mean, Um, he did say sort of that way in his his speech last night. Um, He kind of did a little bit of that. I mean, he he did bring say a lot of that stuff. But as far as uh, you're correct, as far as like it seemed like policies that he was going to go under, undo a bunch of Trump stuff. But I also think that's what the majority of his base wanted. I think that's what a lot of people voted. With but you got to play to more than your base in this country. That's a divide. Somebody's going to have to bring over some people. So it's like 60, 40. And then yeah, that but, way we can get back more back to normal. Yeah, I just I just kind of feel like it's uh, he, he would pretty much be damned if you do, damned if you don't type, just simply because and be damned the way, in a way that breaks the cycle. Yeah, I just I just feel like he would you know he would come out and say something like that, and the way it would be con- construed could probably really hurt you know his chances of you know being elected. I think he was just playing it safe with that part. My, I mean, I guess it's my opinion. I don't know what his what his heart was, but it just seems right. that he was just playing it safe. Fair enough. We'll push this conversation to another day. All righty, kids, it's time to move on to our Music Will Save Us All segment with our friend, the dynamic musician and songwriter, and the person who wrote our theme music, our intro song, by the way, our pal, Emily Frimgen. Emily is back. Hi. 
It's been so long <laughs> since you've been I on. I guess so, yeah. It doesn't feel like it because time has uh, has been passing Prison? strangely, but yes. Yeah, it's like we're stuck in the Langoliers. Have you guys ever seen that by Stephen King? Oh my God, it's totally no. like we're stuck in the Langoliers. <laughs> oh, so they go on this for since Emily's not familiar, I'll give a quick synopsis. Yeah. They all. It's a movie. So, yes, and a book. I gotta see this. So right. they land at this airport. And nobody else is there. They just kind of wake up and they're all on the plane. And they go out into the tarmac and, like, go inside and stuff. And, like, there's nobody there. All the food is stale. All the beverages are flat. Everything just smells old. Are you sure they didn't land in Detroit? I'm sure. And (laughs) then the Langoliers are after them because the Langoliers eat the past. And they eat like time, oh. like yeah, they're like these past, little so. furry mo- uh, monsters that are just these they're round, terrifying. Mouths. Yes, I don't want those to be near me. No, but the <laughs> well, whole you need to call like... into the show more often to keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't, I had no idea that that there was. The... But it was like they were a few seconds behind time, I think, or no, they were a few seconds ahead of time, so they had to kind of like wait for everything to catch up. But it was weird because like no, they, they were behind time. They were eating the past to make way for the future. I'm talking about the humans. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's a Stephen King, so it's really, really good. But the whole thing was like mm. you just it felt empty and like time just was standing still and it just mm-hmm, yeah. That's how it's kind of felt lately. Like it's like oh right, yeah. it's almost Thanksgiving. Oh right, yeah, it's so crap. weird. Time runs differently <laughs> in the alt side down. <laughs> For show. <laughs> All right, so let's um, we're gonna talk about your new video, but first I want to update on New York, how it's dealing. Um, I guess COVID is not spiking there. It's one of the places it's not spiking. It is. Well, oh, it is spiking. Well, I saw I saw that it's it's been up the last few days. I don't know if we called a spike, but um, they're gonna reconsider indoor dining. Right on. So how is this affecting the music scene? How's the music scene bouncing back? And do you feel like that New York music scene has been just changed forever, even once we come out of COVID? Um, I mean, I was doing, I was booking shows and doing like at least one show a week, probably. And I haven't, I don't have any. So for like, I've seen that people are doing outdoor shows and sometimes indoor shows. So it's coming back a little bit, but it um, for me, I feel like, you know, that's completely not not a thing anymore, <laughs> like playing out. You run in music circles. How is everybody adjusting to this? Are a lot of your friends like having to go get like normal everyday jobs or are people still finding ways to make an income um, creatively? I can't say that. Well, I, I I do have some friends who work, who make income in music through like um uh, doing music stuff with kids and old people. So that has changed. Um, I have one friend who she can do it um, remotely now. And then my other friend can't do the retirement home thing anymore. So she's had to, she's just nannying now. Gotcha. Um, but I don't really have friends who were making a, a living off of it, really. Um, I mean, I have like a few, a few gigging friends who I suppose do, and they're still going upstate and doing it and whatnot. But, um, for me, I, I've lost my gigs that I had where I was making a little extra money every month. Um, But I see, I see people doing it, but I just don't know personally anyone who is. Have you thought about doing the, um, as far, I noticed that, uh, like, uh, 
I'm a big death metal fan, so I've been noticed a lot of mm-hmm. death metal groups have been doing um, live shows where it's just basically the band on a stage and they're kind of separated mm-hmm. and you can and you could pay like a couple bucks to watch them play that kind. Of, it's not it's obviously not the same experience mm-hmm. as going into a show, but um and i you know andy that, i honestly thought you were gonna ask emily emily if she was gonna start doing death metal or she was gonna change on yeah, <laughs> maybe i i probably should no you don't want to be any more broker more than popular. you already are <laughs> I, um, I guess i mean well, who knows? well i mean um i just well i mean there's other other bands who are obviously are doing kind of like the zoom thing yeah as far as the that goes have you thought about doing that or uh oh i've i've done i've done a few like zoom concerts okay um it's it's really not fun for me i just i'm so not a technology person and it's just right. nowhere near the same thing um so i've been i've been turning them down lately just because it it's just it's just very feels very draining um so i've just been focusing on trying to get the album done and getting and i just did a video so just doing stuff stuff like that and um yeah, playing live shows isn't even like anywhere near. I I don't even think about it much, honestly. But you so can be such a big part of my life. Let's talk about the upcoming album and your new video. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about Silver Lining, because I guess the first thing I thought is how much of this is based on real experience. Um. Well. The um. Yeah, I had a lot of. Well, the video is um a funny video uh where. My first idea was to do speed dating, and then it has morphed into this um, spoof of this 80s dating video montage, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. So yes. you're, yeah. are you saying you actually yeah. did end up on a date with a half-naked Viking dude? <laughs> well, I've had a lot of terrible dating experiences, so it wasn't that much of a, of a stretch. And I'm sure many, many can relate. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to to the video. Is like, it bad? Me and Debo said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> no, but <laughs> not with each other. That's the thing. I don't know that, that yeah. Nick and I have ever had a bad date together. I know we've had bad dates separately, mm. but I don't, yeah. I don't think we've ever had a bad date together. Mm-hmm. Unless like, you count the wedding that we were late at to. a restaurant. <laughs> we we were late to a wedding. We walked in just as the officiant was saying, "I and now I now pronounce oh, you no. man and wife." <laughs> and we were walking in, and I got eye contact with the bride oh, no. as he's <laughs> saying that. I'm like, "Hi." <laughs> oh no! That's so so that relatives are like spitting on us. <laughs> well, like, the whole part before that is so boring. So yeah, yeah. So we just got mm-hmm. to the good part, the party part. Yeah. We jump to the end. Yeah, so that's this, how you uh, do it. Filming process like and putting an album together. Like, what is this all like during COVID? Or are you wor- like working in a world where you don't really notice much of a difference? Um, I mean, it, it, I haven't been. I we've been so careful. Um, and the getting into the studio was the first time I've been indoors with someone. We we try to keep the door open as much as possible, but it's it's not really possible to have masks on the whole time. And so that um that was kind of like has been my first foray, and it feels for a few hours like everything's normal when I'm in the studio. Um, Makes you never nice. want to leave, I would imagine. I know. Just I having that normalcy. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and then when we did the video, um, my friend Drew 
who's great, um, just came over and we all we all had masks on most of the time. And um, it, I, I initially was going to have it be multiple guys, um, but it ended up just my boyfriend playing all the roles, which worked out because he was great at it and we didn't have as many people around. So we made it work. Right on. Was it a heightened sense yeah. because of working in COVID or did that sense of normalcy kind of take over? You didn't even think about COVID while you were doing this. Well, I mean, we were we were pretty aware of like keeping masks on when we weren't filming. But just to, since it was just three people, it, was, it felt pretty, really safe. And I feel really lucky that I had the resources to, to do it in that in this way, just at our apartment. Right on. So, All right. So we'll I didn't know you had like an that. album coming up. I haven't spoken to you in a while. When's the album coming out and how, like, where are you in the process? Well, this album, um, I, I started it um, a year, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago, maybe two years, about two years ago. Um, we decided to do an Indiegogo to make my album. And so we put out, we made Silver Lining and we did that in the same studio that I'm working in now. Um and and uh, so then I did an Indiegogo with that saying like all the songs will be this good. Um, and then we did Flower Weed, which is a B-side to that. And we did the Indiegogo. We didn't make quite as much as we needed. Um, and then we did a few more things, but it kind of fell apart with my producer. Um, and then COVID happened. <laughs> then I just kind of. Damn, you can't um, catch a break, man. It's all only affecting me, COVID. Um, nope. <laughs> that's but, uh, what it's all about see yeah. you do have the fate of humanity in your hands i really do um but then i just uh i, I just kind of thought it wasn't going to happen and then um uh, my boyfriend has offered to help out and and just kind of kept hearing me uh bitch about the fact that i couldn't i wasn't going to get the album made um so we're, we're doing it and uh we have seven tracks down that we have to fix up and do all the fun stuff with and then uh, with the other two that are already out there'll be a nine track album and i think it's going to be great right on hey so has covid has this era giving you more time to facilitate getting this album out or has covid put so many hurdles up it's actually made it harder to get this album out um i definitely have more time i mean i'm not running around to barista to to a million gigs so i definitely have it's better for me and that i have more time um i mean i'm i still like i procrastinate so much i don't know if i'm using all my time productively i don't think <laughs> any of us de- are it's definitely no yeah we sh- and we shouldn't be expected to but yeah it's def- it's um hasn't hindered anything for me um because it kind of the the whole thing fell apart like right before covid so um it's actually like kind of all fallen into place for me as long you as have we a can release date? stay healthy i don't um i don't i just we'll, we'll probably be done um in about a month I, I think i have no idea but i just kind of i don't think i really need to because like there's not get you know i'm not going to have a release show or anything so just gonna you know release stuff when it when it's ready you should be like totally blase about it <clears throat> And just wait a couple mm-hmm. weeks so after it's done and go, oh, shit. By the way, I wrote this album a few weeks ago. Oh, good idea. People won't know that when I did it. Just make it a mystery. Like, eh. I <laughs> so had this album what, laying yeah. around, so I just decided to put yeah. it out. 
What was uh, so? What idea. was the uh, what was the inspiration for the the title of the album, Me or the Dog? Oh well, um, my uh, my last album was called My Cat from Hell, mm-hmm. which is a TV show. So um, then I saw that there's another TV show called It's Me or the Dog, which is I guess similar to My Cat from Hell, but about dogs. Mm-hmm. And I just you, like the sound of it. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself that where now everyone expects every album you release <laughs> to have the name of a yeah. like animal centric television show. I know. Duck, what am I gonna do? Duck Duck Goose will be your next album. Yeah. Ten albums in, yeah, it'll have to get really idea. obscure. It'll be like pulling um, shows from Britain, like the alligator that smelled on Tuesday or something. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah again, what is this about? All right, <laughs> let me finish up with this. I've been seeing a lot of negative press about New York. People with their hair on fire saying this is the collapse of New York City. Oh, it's yeah. never coming back. As somebody right. who has boots on the ground there, is is yeah. New York in such disarray as the media is trying to convince us it is? No, it's totally normal. <laughs> and what and yesterday was it was amazing. We went we went down to the Lower East Side and celebrated with everybody was wooing and dancing and the streets were packed and everybody seems to be in good spirits. So that's just media hokum then. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, I mean, it's like Emily's closing, are... stuff is opening up, you know. It's just fine here. Emily, you're our New York affiliate, so you have to keep us surprised oh. on everything <laughs> happening in NYC. Okay. I'll yeah. do my best. All righty, before we get you out of here, where can we find you on the beautiful beautiful interwebs? Well, my name is Emily Fremgen. Um, my last name's F R E M B G E N and I have a website emilyfremgen.com. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, watch my music video. It's on YouTube, but you can find it through any of those things. And it's funny and fun. Yes, it is. All righty. We will talk to you you. soon. (laughs) If I don't talk to you before the end of the year, because we're going on break, you have a good New Year's. Okay. You too. Bye, friends. Thank you. Bye, Fiend. Bye. Yay. All right. We're going to finish up here. I want to do some outside down news because this article tickles me to the cockles of my heart. So Rick Santorum, (laughs) who I call the empty sweater vest, Rick Santorum came out uh, with a series of tweets talking about um, how we should be compassionate to the Trump supporters. And he tweeted out, I think it was a tweet. Or Yeah, because he's getting a lot of replies on here. He tweeted out, give his supporters and everybody time to figure this out. This is a very emotional time. Give people space to work through this. The fuck your feelings, sending liberal snowflakes and drinking liberal tears, sending liberal snowflakes to their safe spaces, drinking liberal tears crowd, is now literally saying, give us Trump supporters a safe space. Andy, what do you think (laughs) about this? I think that's pretty funny. I, I think that that's um, it. Just kind of goes to show how. Um, and he's not the first uh, person to see this. I've seen a lot of right wing um, pundits and you know people in the, like the Alex Jones side people saying, "You liberals are so mean. We just lost an election. Ease up. Don't keep dark meme or dank memeing us. These dank memes hurt. Damn it." <laughs> I, I again, I. I Oh, Rick Santorum. Uh, I, that's a guy that, that's probably about as irrelevant as um, me wearing a size two shoe. It's uh, uh, there's no point in it. So I add uh, less interesting than any yeah, of your shoes. Yeah. So I mean, again, I, I he 
It just sounds funny because, you know, um, again, I'm not one of those guys that I feel like there should be a tooth for tooth, nail for nail, whatever. I don't feel that way. I do feel that, uh, you know, um, some things need to be said that could maybe hurt people's feelings. Um, uh, I personally think that it is kind of childish to, um, you know, you know, you were a jerk to me. Now I'm going to be a jerk to you type mentality. I, I personally feel like we should be the better person. And I think that we should, you know, we should move, you know, just well, move didn't on. didn't we try that? I mean, I remember the day Trump got elected and it was finalized. I posted, I said, hey, I didn't vote for the guy, but we're all Americans. Let's try to come together. And Dee will remember this. Let's come together and let's get behind this new president. In my mind, he started off with a clean slate. And people were literally posting, oh, oh, you just know that it's payback time. You're just trying to suck up because you know that you're about to get yours. Like, and they're, they literally make shirts. I mean, their literal movement is called the fuck your liberal feelings movement. <laughs> Why are they asking for capacity? Like, it's so ridiculously hypocritical, man. I can't get my brain around it. Well, it just kind of goes to show that how cognitive dissonance, it just kind of goes to show how delusional that type of person is um, towards, you know, the damage that they do. And, you know, because they're probably feeling that the way that they acted was justified in the way that you're acting isn't justified. And it's just, and that, so it's like, that's probably why they have, because you have to have a lot, you'd have to have some serious guts to come out and say something stupid like that. Cause I mean, the whole, the whole campaign for the last so many years has just been run on nothing but negativity. I mean, I can't think of a Owning libs, liberal, I drink liberal tears. You don't know how many times I've heard these things from Trump supporters. From family members. I've heard it from family members who have said that. And it's like, okay, uh, all right. Um, But But you're right. We can't just keep doing eye for eye to the end of time or we're just never going to move on as a country. I just feel like our best bet is um, honestly is fuck them. Uh, we just do us. We need to move on. We need. To, there's lots of other things in this country that we need to worry about besides, you know, those people. Um, I, I, you know, we have we have FBI. We have that are actually very good at their job. Um, we have, you know, obviously we have NSA that they can hear pretty much anything that goes around. You know, so I'm not really worried as far as like the radical part because they they tend to, you know. They tend to have that pretty much, you know, uh, wrapped up as far as. And I will say they are pretty bad at everything they do. Like they've been caught so many times with these plots. And I don't know if they're like Instagramming it, like hashtag going to murder a senator today. Well, that's how how that kid got caught. Yeah, that's how that kid, when the the article I sent, that's how he got caught. He sent a, a, it was like an Instagram post or Facebook post. And it was like, um, should I kill Biden? You're gonna get caught. Why? Would, I mean, that's it. so. He, you might as well send a Facebook invite to your yeah, kidnapping. Yeah, and 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 just put your GPS on so they can know. Like that one girl, that one girl that was going to um, that thought PizzaGate was real, and she drove all that way, and she she live streamed her entire drive there. And so when she got there, they just were waiting for her to arrest her. <laughs> I I don't. Un- oh my god. This episode's making my head hurt. <laughs> D, um, D, you're you're more compassionate in some ways than I am. What do you think when you see these posts 
that says it's time for us. To, and, they're, and they're mostly being posted by liberals saying, hey, it's time to just stop the nonsense. Don't come down. You know, don't land with both feet on these Trump supporters. Don't give them a bunch of shit because they can't take it. Just be like, hey, man, let's like try to work together and make America like a positive thing again. Um, I'll tell you th- in this way. <clears throat> we live in a red county in a red state. That's just that's we always we've lived here for ages. Um, we live in a red neighborhood. Period. I have a Biden sticker. I and a have, blue house. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> it is. I have a Biden sticker, and I have a Ruth Bader Ginsburg sticker, and I have another Biden sticker on the way, and none of them are on my car because I don't want to open myself up for that kind of confrontation. Now, if someone says something stupid around me, I will most likely try to ignore it. If they say it to me, I'll try to, you know, come at them with curiosity instead of anger or defensiveness. But if you come at me like you did, actually, perfect example, if you come at me like you did my eldest child the other day at their place of employment, which is, remember a few years ago they were going to do Sharia law? Remember that? Remember that? Me, 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 Waiting for them Whoa, to get off. Whoa, when did of, this happen? Oh, yeah, this was a couple <laughs> days ago. Waited for them to get off of work, and and now this is the middle of the day, which is that they felt um, safe, and because everything's on camera, and obviously they weren't armed. Um, and the fact that I have to notice all those things, and I have to Someone say all those things. You? No, our eldest child, yes. Huh. So... Um, followed them out in the parking lot, to which they quite calmly replied, I am off the clock. I don't have to talk to you. Goodbye. And that was it. Now, had that escalated, I would say, no, screw you, both feet down on your neck right now. So it depends on how said Trump supporters are going to come at us, quote, liberals. Um, if you, It's just going to be like it was. If you come at me with aggression, with that look on your face, with that MAGA smug BS, God. I'm better than you, trying to push me out of your way, you are going to get some pushback. But if you treat me like a civil human being, the way I've been trying to treat you for the last four years, then I'm not going to say a word. I'm but just going to let you crawl problem, back though. under your hole. Here's the problem, and this Bill Maher said the other night, like we have to come together, we have to like find common ground and, and apologize to each other. Like, but this is what I hear in my head when Bill Maher says, "Hey, you know, we have to like reconcile with the other side." Trump supporter, me, like somebody I used to know who was a Trump supporter, comes up and says, "Hey, man, you know, I'm really sorry about saying you're a traitor to your country and you hate America and you should be hung for treason, and that you know it, it would be cool if the militia knocked down your door and raped your wife in front of you and murdered your children and burned your house down, and that you are a piece of shit that should burn in hell forever." I know, dude, and I'm sorry when he said the Earth was flat. I thought that was goofy. That just doesn't seem equal to me. Right. That doesn't and seem like an equal amount of where, offense. That's where you have to draw that that hard line, right? And that's kind of along with what I, what I was saying. It's like if you're going to come at me – if they're going to come at us like certain Trump supporters have come at us and can, and just still be that way and just showing me that you're not any but different But even if they than, come hat in hand, isn't there a line they've crossed once they start talking about – It depends killing, on how far they went. Killing you and your family and shit yeah. like that? If you, if you cross the line of – threatening my life or saying that my life should end or that of my family, etc., then I'm always going to believe that you are a, you're an asshole. That's just the way it is. If you come at me like, hey, maybe I believed some stuff that I shouldn't have and I was really, you know, I was wrong and I'm sorry, 
that's you know I can handle that. Well, but, yeah, I, the, Andy, the Proud Boys look, will never be able to come back. Andy, so I read this post this woman was putting up, or maybe it was in an article, where she said her brother told her, "Hey, look, Susie, I love you. You're my sister, but once the Civil War hits, I'm going to have to murder you and your family," which it was her and like her nine year old son. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would tell the dude, well, then you can never be in, around me again. Like, what if we're at my son's ninth birthday party and you get to tweet it's Civil War time and you just start stabbing everybody at the birthday? Like, I can't be around you. Yeah. And for you personally, can somebody come back from that? Once somebody um, threatens or even alludes to your family should be killed, can they come back hat in hand and and get an, and apologize and get back in your good graces? Over fucking politics, over transgender bathrooms or cash for clunkers, they're gonna say your family should be killed. Um, personally, me, I am Irish, French, German. I, I I'm stubborn. So, um, if uh, somebody was to do that to my family or say something like that, I'd have nothing to do with them again because there's no, there's nothing. I mean, I've come to, I've come to pretty big differences with people before but in no time has that conversation ended with i'm just gonna go kill your entire family because we don't agree on something that's as that's as dumb and as barbaric as you can possibly get i want how do we reconcile when there's a lot more of i'm gonna kill or the lighter version your family should be rounded up or you should be shot for treason or your type's day you know your kind's day is ending soon and the other side may say some nasty shit like you're a racist or a fucking fascist idiot but how do you reconcile when one side has acted in a way where their behavior is so much more abhorrent than the other side how do you, you know, come to the middle when you're dealing with two factions that are are so lopsided as far as the level of their bad behavior you know what, I, 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 I'm going to give you an answer, but I'm also, next time we have another podcast, I'm going to have a part two, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that question you asked me, and we have some friends downtown who are, were, are Japanese, and um, they were put in the internment camps during oh, wow. World War II. So I would just, I, that would be a great question to ask them how they came to those, that after all that happened, because then you have probably a little bit of a better understanding because to me, I'm I would not have anything to do with somebody like that, even if it was meant that I needed to reach across aisles and do all this other stuff. To me, um, how did the Jewish people do it after World War Two? Like, I just can't imagine yeah. somebody go, look, 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 we had our differences. I tried to exterminate your race, but you did try to hide from me. So we yeah. both made mistakes. So let's get together and have a cappuccino. Like, I see, I don't think how so. How do you because do that? I don't think so because I mean when we were I've watched plenty of like Nazi um hunter like type um documentaries and those people aren't forgiving. The people who are forgiving about each other during World War Two are usually the soldiers. You know, ones that have met each other on a field of battle and there's there's not really an a, a anti Semitism attached to it or any of that kind of stuff. It's just two soldiers who felt what they were doing was what they were supposed to be doing. I think there's a, a bit of a camaraderie there to that point because you're the same type of person, but something along those lines of extinction because of somebody's race or an idea or that kind of stuff, I just really honestly don't see how you could come back from it. That's why I wanted to ask somebody who had been through some kind of perception of that. Just yeah, I would love to hear the results of that, man. That'd just be because because I've I've I I don't know, Nick. I I, I, I I me personally, I don't see how I could be willing to come across the table with somebody 
who, um, you know, uh, just wanted me dead or wanted some, you know, I love my children. You want to kill my children? I, as a matter of, it would probably take a lot for me to, if we came with the bargaining table, for me not to jump over the table and pound the guy's face in. Um, so, I mean, but I'm also, you know, a big dude that don't really have to take shit. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's a tough question, man, because I, I, I would be, it would be tough for me to be the better man. So I, I would definitely, we have some friends who were, um, because the down here we have a place uh, where the Japanese, um, because uh, in, for a long time um, uh, before World War II and stuff, they used a lot of the Japanese here as agricultural labor. And um, so a lot of them, they, they were able to build up this basically a little town. There's a place in downtown where we have a, a fish market and all that stuff, and the Japanese built that up. When World War II came, they took all of it. They, just, they took all their businesses. They did all that stuff. And but those people were able to after World War II come back in and rebuild all that, and I'm sure that they had to have some kind of you know um, constructive uh, dialogue with locals because obviously that prejudice hadn't went away. So I would definitely be that's that's actually great that you did because I'm actually now looking forward to going down because I have, I actually love going to Central Fish because Linda's Japanese and I, I like going down there and I love the food. So this is actually going to be a pretty awesome field trip. Awesome, dude. I I generally, I mean, of course, I'll probably hear the story before we get on air, but I can't hear. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the results of those conversations. Let me end with one more thing here. So Trump's people had booked a press conference at the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming they were trying to do the Four Seasons Hotel, and they <laughs> ended up doing a press conference like in the ghetto at Four <laughs> Seasons Landscaping, and it was in a parking lot. The store was wedged between a crematorium and a store that sold dildos, and it looks like a rundown fucking shack, and they posted like like Trump posters all behind him on the garage door and put a podium up in the parking lot. I mean, it looks like one of my old Even Steven shows. It looks like somewhere <laughs> Even Steven would play in the fucking parking lot. Um <laughs> I don't understand how a, a so-called professional team in an office that's like the highest powered office on the planet keeps making mistakes like this unless they're just fucking punking us. Unless this is some psychological experiment. How do you not pull up and go, uh, I guess this is the Four Seasons Hotel. Like, how do they keep making these fucking mistakes? I, I, the ludicrous level of mistakes. I think they don't care. I, 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 it, it kind of seemed like they're at that elevation where, you know, you could feed somebody a shit sandwich and they would go, no, that's not a shit sandwich. That's uh, mashed potatoes and corn. Oh, okay. Because they've had one person that's believed that's a mashed potatoes and corn sandwich. They've figured that they can just go that's ahead and do that. That's some disturbing imagery. You just yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> like the dildo store wasn't enough. Now I got to hear about yeah. this. Well, I mean, the, the Trump Penn sign should have made your stomach upheaval anyways. But yeah, but that, I, I, I've actually watched the um, the Saturday Night Live thing with the, when they were making fun of Giuliani. And that was actually pretty funny because um, even he was like, they're basically playing it off like he, you know, like he thought that he was at the Four Seasons Hotel. And I... I I was actually kind of shocked. I thought that there would have been more cutback because of the whole Borat thing. Because um, he he was trying to have sex with that girl, and that's I like, know. And I was I was actually shocked. So that's probably. But real. QAnon would tell you he was only pretending. He knew that girl wasn't fifteen, and and knew that was Borat, and was only going along with it to expose the deep state because Borat is actually a double agent for the deep state. Forty <laughs> chess, motherfuckers. 
Hold on, I gotta go bang my head up against this concrete wall real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, let's end with something positive because we got to get out of here. Um, we usually, because it's an apocalyptic podcast, and I'll say one more apocalyptic thing. Alex Trebek passed away today at 80, and that is very sad. So now that I bummed us out and set the stage, how, how you like following that act, D? Um, Gee, thanks. <laughs> D usually does her tips for survival, but today we've got, since this wasn't a doom and gloom episode, D's tips for celebration. Yes. And this week's D's tips for celebration include do your uh, shopping now, right now, this very second. No. Um, turn us about- off, damn it, and start yes, shopping. Yes, turn us off and go shop. Hey, man, Christmas is coming, Thanksgiving is coming, all the things are coming. So my celebratory thing for the day is keep your mask on, please, for the love of everything. And get out there a little bit more. You know, I mean, if you especially if you live in a place that you know that every like the majority of people voted blue, that means you're probably going to be a little bit safer going out into a store than, say, yes, a sea of blue is always more welcoming and safer than a sea of red. Yes. As a general rule in life, you could take that as a life tip for all avenues (laughs) of life. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but you know, try, try to get yourself in the spirit because the holidays are coming. I know it's been an exhausting year already, but we're well, already. Biden's president. Doesn't that mean we're going back to our war on Christmas? No, no, absolutely not. Because Biden is Catholic and he likes Christmas. So there you go, folks. We're going to have some <laughs> decked out Christmas stuff going on. Uh, next year in the White House, it's going to be Andy, gorgeous. Andy, we're allowed to say Merry Christmas now. That's, that's beautiful. That's yeah, beautiful. we always were. Um, <laughs> I find it funny that Melania is the one with like the fucking um, Game of Thrones dystopian Christmas montage at the White House, and she gets caught on a hot mic or whatever saying "fuck Christmas" and how how stupid she thought it was. But it's the left that are perpetrating a war on Christmas. Liberals love Christmas. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to tell, for real, for real. But, uh, yeah, just try to, you know, get yourself in the spirit. Act, you know, act as if for a few minutes and see if maybe that helps you feel better. Get out the lights. Get out the tinsel. You can see those things from six feet away or more. So the more lights you put up, the more joy that you are potentially putting into your little pocket of the world. So that's my celebration tip for the day. Well, do your so, shopping and do your decorating. So, D, when do you decorate? I now normally I would already have all my Christmas decorations up. Okay. Um, but being that I didn't decorate really for Halloween all that much, like I got out a couple things, but I never really used much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a little. We haven't got the tree out yet, so I don't know. But we usually do the tree around Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's yeah we do. Um, that's when we usually do. We do the tree yeah. around the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, but then I have everything else up. Like I I'm very um what what's the movie um. Where they had all the lights and they they put they plugged it in and they all go out. Oh, Christmas vacation. Yes, I'm Chevy very. Chase. Yeah, that's that's my goal right there. That's my right goal. on. That's why you're sexy, baby. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Holiday road. All right, well, let's get out of here. I'm not sure if we'll be doing any more shows between now and the end of the year because <laughs> things are so we'll crazy busy. If we don't, we'll see you in 2021. Um, Andy, thanks for taking this ride with us in 2020. Who would have ever thought back in March we would still be talking about a lot of this nonsense in fucking November? 
Well, I love the camaraderie of the podcast. I just wish it was for some, you know, it sucks that it actually had, it, we actually, it kind of sucks that we're actually doing this this long and it's still relevant. Hey, we came through adversity. We came together. We're adversity friends. <laughs> we're adversity friends. Well, we need to get our, we need to get our adversity rings activate thing. Yeah, in a couple there months, it'll be our adversity anniversary. Adversity. We'll have to do a special <laughs> adversity anniversary episode. <laughs> Yay. Oh, my goodness. It's good to have goals. Yeah. All righty, kids. Um, pandemic pals, should I say. Till next time, be diligent and stay safe, America. Are you looking for me? Early to bed, early to rise, makes a woman healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's why you're wiser than me. Hi, I'm Mike, and if you're watching this smoking a cigarette, well, hit the fast forward button, because I don't smoke, and I don't like people who do smoke. Looking for the goddess. Are you the goddess? Who is the goddess? I'm looking for someone to feel special about. And I don't find that person very often, and I'm hoping that you're one of them. <laughs>